Hello everyone, welcome to Even More Eyes to our review of the follow-up to Chicken Run, which is the newly released uh, sequel to it, which came like, what, 22 years after the first mm-hmm. one? Like, how long has it been <laughs> since the first one? It's 23 years, almost 24 years. And this is a Chicken Run Dawn of the Nuggets. And yeah, let's talk about it. I mean, we only had like positive things to say about mm-hmm. the first one, so... I will let you give a synopsis. Are we still doing that? Or do we just like dive straight into the film and just assume that everyone has seen it? (laughs) Might as well do a quick synopsis for old time's sake. The film is set many years after the the great escape of the chickens from Tweedy's farm. Ginger and Rocky now have a child Mm. that's called Molly. And Molly is very independent. She's got a lot of her mother's free spirit. And she obviously wants to find out what's going on outside of their little paradise. Mm-hmm. And she sees something on in the distance and it's revealed that there's vans and things. There's, you know, human civilization isn't that far away. Ginger, yeah. when she hears about this, decides to put the whole island on lockdown and Molly escapes and tries to go and find out what's going on in the real world, which leads to a series of events where the chickens leave the island in search of Molly and discover terrible new way of killing chickens and turning them into chicken mm. nuggets. That's as much yeah. as I'll say for now. <laughs> I would say that pretty much covers like the essential mm. premise. Now, in terms of how we actually found this film, I wasn't sure what Ardman was going to do, seeing as one, it's been so many years since the previous Mm. one, but the continuity of it was almost seamless. Mm. Honestly, you could have played this film immediately after the last one, and I would have been like, yeah, that is exactly what I expected to be. Obviously, like the characters had aged a bit, especially like Fowler, I guess. like Fowler looked a lot older (laughs) as well. But honestly, it was pretty much on par with what I expected, and... In many ways, it was just, I found it to essentially strike a lot of the same spirit of the first film, which was wildly campy. It has a lot of allusions to certain tropes and media, like the entire chicken killing (laughs) facility looked like straight out of a Bond, James Bond film. It was absolutely silly and dumb and stupid, but like, I think that was the point of it. It's a sort of cartoony hijinks plots but at the same time it just makes it even funnier just because you kind of know that there are like massive stakes here Mm. but you also know like this is also very childish at the same time it's a really strange place to be put in i mentioned in the previous one once we had that scene of the first chicken getting decapitated this is dark this is serious they really could die Mm. here but then at the same time the entire farm and the fact that you even have a machine that converts chickens into pies and stuff like that there is a lot of silliness around that that went into that they kind of took the same premise and they just expanded it (laughs) it was just kind of fantastic Mm. how they could manage to i would say keep the same spirit of the first film without repeating the first film Mm. while also still having basically the same premise which is just chickens being liberated from a system that was designed to kill Mm. them for profit yeah um I don't know how you felt about it, so I'm just going to pass the mic over, um, Yeah, metaphorically speaking. I, I think when we did the last one, we both said how nervous we were about, um, di- uh, not Disney, mm-hmm. just feel like Disney have infected everything, <laughs> how Netflix mm-hmm. and Aardman were going to create a sequel to Chicken Run, especially after so long, after that film being so good. Yeah. 
And I have to say that while I was very nervous at the start, there was a couple of jokes that didn't quite work for me. Rocky, who said, mm. you know, we're going to make our uh, paradise even paradisia. And I was already starting to get into yeah. that. Oh, this is where early man started. There's an awful joke at the beginning of mm. early man where the kid wakes up someone and, and they're like, why are you doing this? He's like, because it's early man. And would you like, oh, <laughs> so, um, I was, I was very nervous at the start of this and it took a little while to get going, but I have to admit, I liked the way in which Ginger and Rocky had to deal with independent, uh, very inventive type of person that formed a big part of the first film, which was you know Ginger's character from the fact that their daughter would would represent this was was really good and then Ginger doing I think probably what you didn't really expect uh trying to protect everyone protect the family becoming quite insular yeah. um I like that particular theme at the beginning and then on the other hand like you said it discarded a lot of the stark disturbing stuff that you saw in the original film it's a lot brighter even when they go to the evil base yeah. it's yeah. almost like a Squid Game, Truman Show, very mm, lurid yes, colours. Yes. And as you said, exactly, it's something out of a James Bond film with the evil base. But I quite like the yeah. fact that it just felt mm. like a much bigger mission. The conceit yeah. of it turning around from a breakout into a break-in, Mission Impossible style. And I really did get swept up in it. I liked the fact that a lot of the cast were returning i know the main two didn't mel gibson and julia uh, swalha um didn't come back mm. for this one ginger and rocky but i don't think yeah. it really much mattered I, you know these characters are slightly no, older no. And there was nothing particularly unique and actually the supporting cast jane horrocks who played babs or Melda staunton who played bunty yeah the fact yeah. that those two you know there's a few that had come back was really really good I was pleasantly surprised. I actually thought they did a really good job with inverting things and then making it all over the top. And the fact they also brought in Mrs. Tweedy, they brought her back. And there was that fantastic bit where she, because she's remarried, but then she still calls him the current (laughs) Mr. Tweedy. (laughs) She's already trying to chat up that that, (laughs) chicken a lot or whatever his name was. I've only seen it the once, but first impressions were exactly as you said. It felt like a decent continuation of the first film. Yeah, I think you mentioned something that I had been thinking about the dynamics of the characters Mm. again, just like seeing how these characters responded in a very different context, which was them being parents and having to deal with someone who was essentially the amalgamation of all their best and worst traits at the same time, you know, someone who is like passionate and headstrong and is willing to fight and defend people and stuff like that. But at the same time, that also stops them from being able to listen to um, instruction Mm. and them having to navigate, not just being individuals in their own rights, but also being parents to this person. Um, But at the same time, it's also a very liberationist trope mm. that went into this into the series where it's like okay we're not just trying to save ourselves we're trying to save everyone from this system because of course we could always just rescue our child and go back to mm, our paradise mm, but mm, what's mm. the point of that if we're just going to leave other people to the basically the fates that we did our best to escape but i think the other thing that 
comes in here and like it's good that you mentioned that it's a bit bigger this time i also like the premise of the forms of oppression mm-hmm. right because i know like it's almost a childish film but who would we be if we're not going to overanalyze the <laughs> shit out of it so exactly. um, <laughs> so the premise in this case was a different form of oppression mm. so in the first film it was a very clear distinct system of incarceration forced labor quotas that they had to meet if you did not meet your quota you literally got killed so it was essentially work or be killed mm. and then the chickens themselves were just the source of a product which of was eggs at first and then of course the chickens themselves were going to be converted into meat for the chicken pies and mm. all that stuff mm. and then by the time you get to this next film even the oppressor has learned from the mistakes of like the previous one which is like putting them under incarcerated conditions and like stressing them out ruins the Mm. product so you know let's like flip it over and essentially mind control everyone and give them like a good time and make them enjoy themselves and not realize that they're all going to get killed Mm. at the end of Mm. all of this and i think that was a really good allusion to the fact that the systems of control evolve but their end game is the same Mm. and in many ways sometimes they evolve in ways that are supposed to be quote-unquote accommodating or more humane which of course is something that you might say is like okay maybe this way of killing the chickens is more humane than the previous one who knows because if you're completely unaware of your own destruction does it even really matter to you but at the same time it i would say thing i took out of it which was my own maybe over analysis of it is like thinking about how systems sometimes which might be designed to look like they are favoring you are just there to exploit you and whatever they're trying to do to favor you is just to enable the exploitation be better Mm -hmm. so if you think about the the fun land that they were in you know when molly and the friend that she made outside which i cannot remember the name now um frizzle was went into that space yeah i think it was like frizzle or something like that um when they go into the lair for the first time of course what did they say like oh my god this is like the best place on Mm. earth it's all fun and games and we can just do nothing but play forever and we don't have to worry about anything and they were coming in as people who weren't mind controlled but like Mm. the way it looked at least on the surface even to people who are just looking at it in the general sense is like oh yes this is sort of like a great thing but the chickens are not allowed to roam and play and have fun and all that stuff but again it's still all in service of still this wider set of exploitation yes, which of yeah. course again if we want to read it very literally it's a capitalist system they're all getting killed and sold off to a franchise somewhere so there is something about that for me is an allusion to how society seems to work these days which is that of course keep people distressed talk about their mental health tell people that they need to take care of themselves and blah 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 or give them things to distract them which could be anything from oh i don't know tv shows netflix um (laughs) sports games if you want to go with like if you wait exactly (laughs) podcasts you know (laughs) we are all part of the system (laughs) but like i mean if you want to go with the old saying of like just give the masses wine and sports basically just an advanced version of the same thing you know everyone is just having fun in this fabricated world that of which the end game is just to advance exploitation Mm, mm, mm. and i don't know how much of our society really reflects that notion but i think to some degree there is a lot of that in the world that we currently live in even a lot of the things that we think are for us are really just designed to exploit Mm, us mm -hmm. at the end of Mm. the day you could also see in there wasn't also any system for sustainability either really just maxed out in terms of how best to keep this 
extraction mm. machine going mm. because all the chickens aren't even raised on sites. They are brought in from um, other farms. And so this was my over um, analysis of what this means in terms of the background or the world that this is in. Is James Bond villain-esque type of world domination foolishness except this time of course they're probably trying to dominate the fried chicken market mm, mm. but this time it was just like balls to the wall we're just going to mind control some chickens and not even let them know when they're going to die which i was like wow okay that is both more intense but also a lot darker mm, mm. but maybe arguably a little more humane i don't know <laughs> i'm just going to pass it over to you i recognize that as well and i think it's quite a deliberate choice because as you said in the first film there was something about the farm moving from this getting the eggs to the mass production of chicken pies and this takes it to another extreme with i don't know if you remember growing yeah. up there was a lot that was talked about free-range chickens no longer now were chickens kept in really cooped conditions and you know treated badly or whatever and now chickens were allowed to sort of roam and so on i remember alan carr made this joke about how you know they went on the log flume at Alton Towers or something like that before of being put to death <laughs> you know, with the same thing, <laughs> and I think that there is there's definitely an aspect. You're absolutely right. There's an aspect of that in the Funland theme park style uh, part of the film. I almost think that the mind control there is put in because at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah. Chicken is is still a highly consumed meat, if not probably the one of the most yeah. in in the country. Maybe even I don't know if, if it's in the world. And I think that, I think in the world, yeah. yeah. And I just think that if you showed them being free range without the mind control aspect, I think that that would have been even darker because it would have suggested that you know, mm. oh yeah, these chickens have this life and and so on and so forth. But then. Um, they're put to death and therefore the mind control thing just makes us think oh it's a diabolical you know evil scheme maybe yeah. assuages our sense of guilt of the fact that probably after this film you will go and get some fried chicken because <laughs> 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 I, I, I know i know i think after this i definitely went to have some mcdonald's chicken nuggets <laughs> <laughs> you actually went to buy chicken nuggets. I like made, I like made it myself. <laughs> I just think I was all like, yeah, woo! At the end of the film, you know, liberation, you know, revolution, and then you go and buy some chicken nuggets, and as you said, you realise you're just yeah. part of the system. But um, no, I I think yeah. that was a very deliberate choice on the part of Armin this time to allude to that particular shift and change in chicken farming. And the idea, obviously, of the popularity of the chicken nugget and yeah. perhaps the mind control going happily to their slaughter was a way of mm. saying, yeah, this is this is an evil, evil place. And don't worry, because that's not what goes on really behind McDonald's or KFC or uh, I think it would have been very ironic yeah. if McDonald's had done a chicken run toy range, don't you think? <laughs> <For this season. laughs> Go and see Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget, and come yeah. and buy some chicken nuggets. <laughs> Go and buy some chicken nuggets. Get, get, get you know, your ginger or molly toys with your chicken nuggets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I think that was a very deliberate choice. And it was, as I say, I think it, it does reflect the difference in the trends. Um, 
it, do you know what? it's very weird because it reminded me of and this is going to seem very left field but it reminded me mm-hmm. of the matrix resurrections because mm-hmm. if i remember rightly at the beginning of that film you know keanu is very he's over medicated he lives in yeah in a very different matrix to the one that was in the original where he was yeah. kind of miserable and run down and it's very 20th century boxed in corporate model uh and i think this reflected that as well it had that mix from the you know very the world war ii imagery to something a bit more contemporary that as you said society has become this fairground of distraction amongst the fact that really we're still being ground up for capitalism um i think the only other thing i noticed that had really changed is the humor like we talked mm. about last time, there was something which was quite dated about the references, especially American-British yeah. relations. And there really wasn't yeah. much of that here at all. Yeah. You know, Maybe you could talk about it's the fact that Rocky is now integrated within the community. I don't think Fowler is yeah. quite as overt in those particular cultural references. I, I don't think yeah. even the Scottish character, her voice being remarked upon. I think actually Rocky does make a comment. I think he understands now. Mm. And really, I think the only other thing that it reflected, and again, maybe this is an over-analysis, which is the idea for Britain, one of the big changes in the last 23 years has been the Brexit referendum, going it alone, that idea of a very Mm. controlled, secure island. And almost, I feel... Feel yeah. that there was that mixture of ginger shutting everything down, have our own little paradise here. And at the end of the film, obviously, they decide, no, we're going to be stretch out again and we're going to, you know, try and save everybody, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know. I get the sense that there's something about the idea of the insular being combated with no we're gonna make sure that the chickens are free everywhere and we're we're part of a much bigger thing <laughs> seems to me to be very yeah. slightly anti-brexit which is not necessarily a bad mm. thing considering you know that it's been absolutely terrible since 2016 yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and maybe that's me reaching too far but yeah that, no, that's I, what... I kind of get it yeah mm. Because I, I would say that that was one of those turns that happened by the end of the film where they were saying, okay, this whole idea of going it alone and being our own independent state of chickens or whatever, you know, it's really not going to work because mm-hmm. there's a wider world out there and they're, they're essentially like bigger problems besides, you know, us just safeguarding ourselves and our own future and stuff like that. And so being able to like make a turn from that and say, okay, you know what, we're going to step away from this idea of keeping to ourselves and being safe and protected and realize that we have a much wider connection and responsibility to like a wider world as people who have escaped forms of oppression. That was like the major turn in terms of the thematics of the overall film. Mm. How much of that relates to actual real world events is, I can't see it, but, <laughs> but the idea of um stepping away from this protected self, enclosed, self-sufficient island to being part of a much wider thing. I think there is definitely something to that that I can sort of see as like anti-Brexit ideology, really, because there was this idea that like the UK could go it alone Mm. anyway and, you know, was probably better off by itself and was better off not paying a lot of money to all these other countries Mm. and working with the EU and all that stuff. But then over time, it's kind of looked like um, 
especially in the world that we live in today where everything is already interwoven and um, integrated and an issue that starts in one country ends in a different one of which a really obvious one is something like a pandemic is there really any sense in this idea of still wanting to be an independent solitary nation states mm. like i don't mm. think so but again that doesn't stop the sentiments from existing somewhere and i can kind of understand where the sentiment comes from especially if you have an idea that it's going to safeguard your future in mm. some sense so yeah again <laughs> it is an over analysis but that's kind of what we're here for <laughs> i'm just thinking it just was making me sort of chuckle there where um you know, you've got these little kids who are watching this maybe for the first time, and of course they're they're thinking about international relations and, and <laughs> referendums and capitalism. Watch how in like the next twenty years is going to be another podcast. <laughs> Uh, I, I was also thinking that clearly, <laughs> I don't know about for yourself, but I don't think the original chicken run really changed anything about my attitude towards eating chickens, I have to be honest. Nah. I carried on, you know, bliss, blissfully Yeah. <laughs> I've left them. <laughs> <laughs> the world is silent. I did nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not sure <laughs> that this like film is now... going to do anything for that either. Yeah, it did get me thinking, though, mm, especially mm. in terms of, like you said, this whole idea of things like free range and, uh, you know, blah, blah. But what does that actually mean? But besides that, no, I don't think much really changed, really. We're still in the same systems. Of course, now there's a lot of medical stuff coming out about dangers of like farmed foods mm. and, you know, the... Um, accumulation of things like plastics and pesticides and all that stuff like but again we're still looking at this from a very anthropocentric lens of what is the effect on us yes not really thinking about changing any systems yeah like you said i'm not really sure how much is changing post films like this maybe it might start some conversations maybe it might turn some children vegan somewhere that's what i was thinking because if we go back to 2000 i think vegetarianism and veganism while it did exist was sort of a running joke Mm -hmm. and it was actually taking the piss out of quite a lot in that period Mm -hmm. and I'm just wondering whether you know we could argue that Chicken Run maybe underneath it all was secretly unleashing a wave of vegetarianism you know (laughs) (laughs) I mean there's nothing to say that it wouldn't have contributed to it somewhere we can't say what the effects of this film would have been to every single person who watched it in, mm, true. in it's true. whatever capacity and context because i know a lot of people watch this film in very many places mm. so i would say there was probably something about being confronted with the idea of incarceration and exploitation and killing that probably would have changed a couple of minds somewhere um, i mean i have known children who essentially went off meat once they even heard where the meat came from so there how much more you know if you actually saw a film that's documented that from the perspective of the chickens who knows um <laughs> all we can say is that for us personally and maybe this is a reflection of the attitudes the lives that we're used to or whatever i wouldn't say it really made any major change to our lives (laughs) Um, which i guess is you know par for the course maybe we'll look back at this in like like 15 years and realize that we should have been cancelled I love the idea that of all the things that we've done and said about films, that we, we, this would be the episode, or, this is the or one. Chicken Run would be the episode <laughs> the we one. look back and go, you know, we were really in the wrong, you know, we were really making... Yeah, we're really in the wrong there. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> dawn, of, dawn of being cancelled, yeah. 
<laughs> Would you recommend a chicken run chicken nugget? Yeah. This is one of those films that makes the more sense if you watch it as a sequel, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. it is a sequel. Obviously, you can watch it as a standalone mm-hmm. film, but a lot of the allusions, the jokes, the continuity that will actually help you enjoy the film is best if you connect it to the previous. So I would say, yes, definitely watch it, but watch it as part of the set. Mm-hmm. And also for a lot of the ideas that we have put forward in this conversation would not make much sense if you've not seen like the first yes, one. So yeah, yeah, I would definitely recommend it. I thought it was a good film. I, I mean, I was actually proud at how well they were able to continue it, still make it quite enjoyable, mm. despite the fact that it's been so many years since like the first one. Ultimately, I would say, yep, it gets my thumbs up. Yeah, I'd say the same. I think that if you enjoyed the first one, while I don't think it has the same, you know, obviously the originality, novelty, blah, blah, blah. I do actually think considering Mm. how wrong it could have gone and how much, like we talked Mm. about last time, it could have been a cash grab for Artman and Netflix. It actually is pretty good. It's fun. It's quite interesting in places. It's nice to have quite a lot of that voice cast back again some of the jokes are really good Uh, some of it is very funny it's nice to see an old melodramatic nemesis back again in mrs tweedy i wasn't (laughs) sure if she was going to reappear again it was lovely to to see her come back into it it's a lot of fun i think it's a nice especially over this period i think it's a nice film to to sit down and watch with the family and again it's good for little kids you know they're going to enjoy it It, the animation is still really well done and uh, it's good for old fogies like us, I guess. You know, millennials who <laughs> remembered and enjoyed the first one. It's really nice to see it back. So definitely yeah. recommend Chicken Run too. Yeah, I guess that's it for us, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've done our job. <laughs> okay. Uh, catch us next time when we're going to be discussing something else. Mm. Okay, so... <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye.